Is that Glock? Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, send him! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. My name is Graham and joining me as always, he, uh, he so desperately wants to be the 11th team in F1, but uh, he's just not getting through to the to Stefano Domenicali. It's, it's Luke Holmes. How are we doing, Graham? Not too shabby. Yourself? We are doing very well. I actually, I'm making great progress to go on the grid, actually, Graham. To be fair. Oh yeah, what have you, what have you got? I've got an engine supplier. Uh huh. I've got a a big backing from a certain manufacturer. Okay, always a good by, thing. By the name of um, God damn it, Hugo, as you would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and I've got two drivers lined up. One of them's definitely not a paid driver, and the other one's definitely not a paid driver. <laughs> So who's your who who's your, if you who's your engine supplier for a stash? Who would you who would you um, get on board? Alpine, mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely. Well, yeah, that's the only option really. I also make sure to yeah, make sure that you're, they supply the water pumps as well. Yes, yes, definitely. I want their reliability from last season on mm-hmm. car number fourteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, who would you bring in for your drivers? Roy Nassani. Yeah. <laughs> and. <laughs> and um, Ooh, ooh, who would be a good one that I could chuck in there? Nazim Asman. Yeah, that'll do. Oh, wow. name drop. Yeah. <laughs> Back of the F3 grid, but, you know, quality, quality driver. I was, I would have said a bit of, bit of Ralph Bosch on, you know? I did. That thought did cross my mind, and I would like to have the face on my car, to be fair. Mm. But, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it's been a, it's been a week of that essentially. Uh, well, it's been a weird week with uh, this whole eleventh team F one thing. It's been a story that has you know it did the rounds a little bit last year. We we talked about comments at the time here and there from obviously Andretti at the time and uh, Dimitri and all this. But during the week, uh, FIA president Mohammed Ben Suleim decided to get involved in this, and he on released <laughs> yeah he released a little statement on social media saying. Uh, I've asked my FIA team to look at launching an expressions of interest process for prospective new teams for the FIA Formula One World Championship. Now, straight away, what a great way to put that. Expressions of interest process. I thought it was good. That's, a, that's a great. It's, it's, it's a great choice of words. So, obviously, look, Andretti's been the big one. Uh, there has been some chatter lately about uh, Hong Kong-based Canadian billionaire Calvin Lowe. Yes. Uh, been chatter it's been on twitter you mean <laughs> yeah he he needs to get um some solid foundations in place if andretti can't and they're an actual racing team can't get in on their own if an if a businessman comes in and gets in it, i think it would uh be very very debatable from f1 side but we move mm. uh, this piece from will wood on racefans.net uh Right. Uh, currently under the Concord Agreement, any new entrance to Formula One must pay a two hundred million dollar, uh, that's one hundred sixty four million point eight pounds uh, fee to be divided between the existing teams. F- Formula One CEO Stefano Domenicali has previously stated that his belief that Formula One does not require an eleventh team in order to continue to remain successful. And of course, the, t- the teams, of course, the, the only new teams that have broken into F One. Obviously, Haas is the most recent one in twenty sixteen. They became, they were the eleventh team in twenty sixteen, and then. Uh, obviously, Manor dropped out at the end of the uh, 
end of that year. Um, before that, of course, it was the, the 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 shitters in 2010, being Virgin, Lotus, HRT, and uh, uh, good old USF1, which failed to appear on the grid. And uh, so that was that was fun. There's a great piece actually on a. Uh, there's a great piece on the race. We're not going to go through it, but not really. Anyways, uh, where is it? It's from Ed Straw. It's on January 5th. The headline's brutal failure of F1's last influx of new teams is a warning. And I went through the, the kind of the build-up to what led the 2010 teams to be on the F1 grid and why they were failures. And it all kind of came down to a cost cap they were trying to introduce at the time for £40 million, I believe. Forty million. Is yeah, yeah. Forty In context to now. <laughs> I think what is it? One hundred and forty something dollars. Yeah. Uh, one hundred forty dollars won't go very far. Oh, sorry, one hundred forty million dollars. You're right. <laughs> might, might might get a, a piece of the steering wheel. Mm. But the piece goes into a great history about you. Not might you might not might not remember, but uh, or people listening might not remember. But there's a whole there the the threat of F1 breakaway was very real in the mid to late two thousands. Uh, if you rem- if you remember FOTA. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, it was all the Formula One teams association. Yes, that's it. Uh, and there was a bunch of new teams that you know were trying to get in, and uh, yeah, a lot of them were. There's the, 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 the obviously the cost cap didn't go through at the time, and there's the piece goes into depth about all the uh, the teams and the such in USF one as well as we just mentioned. So I'd recommend reading it. It's it's a long piece, but uh, good insight, a uh, very topical insight at this time of uh, with all with all this. Let's uh, before we move on to the actual big announcement in the week. Uh, the this piece obviously referenced uh, Dominicali's, I guess, view on an eleventh team. So we we read this uh, we had read this article not well actually we did read it a while ago. It was actually in August, but I didn't I didn't think it was August. <laughs> yeah, this last year went very quick, so mm. yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So let's let's go through some of Dominicali's like on record quotes about uh, about this topic, and then we'll we'll go from there. So I'm reading from uh, RaceFans.net, uh, Keith Collentine and Claire Cottingham on this article. It's from the 25th of August uh, last year. And Dominicali said, "It's not a problem of quantity where we can uh, see a step of increasing the value of Formula One. Uh, it is a matter of understanding, really, not only the one that has a bigger or louder voice, but there will be other people." Andretti was quite vocal about his request, but there are others that have done the same in a different way. Uh, just to pause there for a second. I, I believe when he says a different way, he means they haven't been talking about it as Mario, uh, as uh, as Michael Andretti has. Yeah, he's been very vocal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Dominicali goes on to say, the evaluation is not only with Andretti, the evaluation is with others that are respecting the, yeah, here we go, they're respecting the silence on trying to be more productive on proving who they are and respecting the protocol we have put in place. I do believe, as I've always said, I don't believe that is today the problem of having more teams that will give more value to the championship, but there is a protocol that has to be fulfilled and everyone, and Dretti included, is following that. So this is the situation today. And then Dominic goes on to talk about the, the long-term commitments that will be required uh, from any new entrant. He says, today we are talking about the new regulations for 2026 and all the manufacturers involved in that. The, incumb- the, the incumbents, or there may be a new one, we will see, uh, are saying that the time is running very quickly, four years to do another power unit. We need to be prudent because we are talking about Formula One. We need to have an entity or a team or a manufacturer that is really solid, is really strong, as a full commitment for an incredible long-term future. But as I said today, I don't honestly, I don't see the honestly the need of that increase to have a big benefit for the sport of Formula One. Uh, and he went on to say, more people want to enter by far than people want to leave, and this is a good point. 
And he said, Formula One today requires an incredible level of professionalism and investments, not only for one year, but in the long term. There is the interest of a lot of manufacturers, but also a lot of teams. The actual ones can discuss and commercialize and negotiate with them if they feel that they are weak or they have no future for them. I So I, I think it is also another value for the ones that are here, knowing that knowing that around them there are manufacturers or other teams that want to be in the business. So it's a fact that will, in my opinion, of course, reinforce the value of F1. Hmm. So that's what Dominic Kelly said. Now, I, I understand some of what he's saying. At the same yeah, time, so he's he's really he's doubled down on this on, on more than a few occasions, and he I, is persistently stubborn. <clears throat> I would say in this view, yeah, and I think some of that is down to pressure from the teams as well to not allow another team co- to come in, basically because they don't want to lose out on the prize money or have to, yeah, you know, what I mean, try and try and obviously if someone else comes in, they're going to lose out, they're going to get less money than the, what what they would with ten teams. So I, I think there's some pressure from some teams there. That they don't want to lose money, which Domenicali sort of fronts, and then he obviously has his own opinion as well, which probably is in line with that, which doesn't help. Yeah, he is very stubborn on this on this whole subject. And yeah, I think he's going to get proven very wrong very quickly. I think he will as well. It's been like countless times, we like last year, we talked like, why, like, why is he so insistent on being against an eleven team? If and like, and we've talked about it in this podcast, like it's. I'm I'm in complete complete agreement that we don't need four teams like we got in 2010 that added nothing no, no. nothing to F1 other than uh, you know just back markers and extra few seats for a few of the uh, I guess drivers at the end of their careers or had really no the only, to offer. the only if you think of the drivers who actually had some hope in those two those bottom teams it's what it's, it's Bianchi Ricardo. Ricardo. Uh, uh, that's it because like other, the other ones you get like it's like end of their careers like Jarno Trulli uh, Heike Kovalainen Leo C Leo C yeah Chandor Pedro yeah, De La Rosa I think yeah, these as are well people that were bought in for the right reasons for them teams either money or just needed the experience to understand the mm. new car and what have you it made sense for them but in terms of uh, on a sporting level, it wasn't really very yeah. attractive. Kobayashi. I, the only one I'd say who's on, gone to do anything of anything is probably Alex Rossi. Uh, Kobayashi has. Kobayashi. Oh, in, in, sorry. Yes, he, in, he's gone on to do more stuff than endurance. You're right. Yes, Kobayashi is a three-time Le Mans winner. Maybe two. Certainly yeah, two, two. two. Yeah. Anyway, so laying yeah. all that out there, but like, but like so yeah, it's like we don't need four teams like that. But there's been constant. There's been there has been enough to suggest that there's enough interest for a concrete team to come in. And that's what I, I think uh, Dimitri's, you know, trying to maybe use the failure of the last bunch of teams He's that came right. in. In a way that he doesn't want something to come in, it lasts a year and then they bow out again. It makes no sense. He, I, I get where he's coming from in the sense of, yes, if someone's coming in, it needs to be at least, what, eight to ten years. Minimum. For the, yeah, it is a... Obviously, it's a huge chunk of money to enter in, into F1 anyway. Like I said, the hundred and whatever million to get in. Yeah. At the same time, it, like it's not exactly like it's not exactly Holmes Grand Prix looking to enter in. This is Andretti. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. no, no offense, yeah, your or, own, your outfit, your own outfit, of course. But yeah, and then obviously you've got the constant threat of other teams pulling out. It wouldn't surprise me if things don't go well for Alpine that they pull out. Same with Haas, like. You've got that constant cloud above Williams with Doralton. You never know what they're going to do next. There is 
a constant worry in my head that someone is going to drop out at some point and we'll be down da- and we'll be down to nine or even eight teams, which is not a good look for. F1. I actually don't. Yeah. I actually don't share that fear. I I I do. It, it, with with certain outfits, Alpine and and Haas maybe not so much, but Dalton worries me. But Koskav has saved a lot of it. I think spent yeah. a lot of this. If there was no Koskav, I think Haas would have gone a long time ago. A hell of a long time ago. Mm. So the, off the heels of that uh, of that statement on social media from Mohamed Ben Sulaym, a couple of days later came the bombshell announcement that, from Andretti saying that they teamed up with General Motors for Cadillac F1 entry. Huge. Which Huge is statement of intent there. Absolutely massive. So there's a story on therace.com about this. It was everywhere. I mean, it was a very, obviously very, it was a massive drop when, uh, when it came out. Uh, let me try and find some of the some of the quotes that were released from this uh, from this statement. Actually, let me find this statement because uh, <laughs> it's not laid out very well on some of these sites. Yeah, I'm not uh, surprised. Okay, here it is. I found it on the uh, found it on the AndrettiAusport.com site. So this is on the fifth of uh, the fifth of January. Uh, Andretti Global and General Motors, two American powerhouses in the automotive and motorsport sections, have announced their intent to pursue the opportunity to compete in the FIA Formula One World Championship. GM will be represented by the Cadillac brand. The Andretti Cadillac team will be based in the US with a support facility in the UK. This reunites two iconic American companies with deep motorsport pedigrees and provides the opportunity to build on previous racing accomplishments while expanding international reach for both brands. F1 has seen consistent growth globally and most recently in the US with 23 races in Austin, Miami and Las Vegas. The Andretti Cadillac team is planning to submit an expression of interest when the FIA opens the formal process. If selected, the team is seeking to, seeking to compete as soon as possible, sorry, as soon as practical with at least one American driver. Cadillac V-Series is a legacy of work uh, success on the track. Uh, some of the, so it goes through some of the endurance stuff and goes through Andretti stuff in in IndyCar. So quotes then from, is from Michael Andretti and then the uh, president of GM Motors. So this is what Michael Andretti had to say. We are continuing to grow Andretti Global and its family of racing teams and always have our eyes on what's next. I feel we are well suited to be a new team for Formula One and can bring value to this series and our partners and excitement for the fans. I'm proud to have GM and Cadillac alongside us to pursue this goal. GM and Andretti share a legacy born out of love of racing. We now have an opportunity to combine our most of our passions and dedication to innovation to build a true American F1 bid. Together, we will continue to follow procedures and steps put forth by the FIA during the evaluation process. In the meantime, we continue to optimistically prepare should we be fortunate enough to have Andretti Cadillac formally approved as a Formula 1 contender. And then um, uh, Mark Ro- uh, Royce, Russ Royce, uh, the, <laughs> uh, who is the president of General Motors, which is obviously a like a huge parent company, and I mean that is like the biggest parent company in America in terms of uh, car manufacturing. It's yeah, huge. Uh, General Motors is honored to team with the Andre- with Andretti Global on this historic moment in racing. We have a long, rich history in motorsports and engineering innovation, and we are thrilled with the prospect of pairing with Andretti Global for an American F1 team that will help spur even global interests. Uh, even more global interest in this series and the sport. Cadillac and F1 both have growing global appeal. Our brand has a motorsports pedigree that's more than a century in the making, we ca- and we would be proud to have the opportunity to bring our distinct American innovation design to Formula One. Yes. Big, big statement of intentness. This is huge. Mm-hmm. Massive. This is... Andre- this is the piece that they've been missing. Yeah, I feel like Andretti had a solid 
they, a solid uh, a solid case beforehand. They're you know they're yeah. they're breaking. They obviously we talked last year. They're breaking ground on a new uh, headquarters in Indiana. Huge new headquarters as well. It's mm-hmm. probably bigger than MTC. It's which is McLaren's base for those that don't know that. Um, yeah, massive massive place that they're building. So yeah, they had that. They already had the they had the agreement quite early last year actually about the with uh, with Renault slash Alpine about using their engine. So that one that wasn't the issue. Uh, obviously, I think Andretti I think has had the cash to for that entry fee as well. Yeah, yeah. I think they've had that since they started talking about it. Really, I don't, mm. I don't think he's afraid of really paying that entry fee at all. But obviously, like it's so like I feel like they had a lot of stuff in there in their favor for this with this ex- added on bonus with general motors slash cadillac what what's actually stopping like there's no good reason to refuse this entry now there's none absolutely none there is the stability that i think domenicali has sort of been pointing towards teams not having which i think was probably the main concern for him in the long term if someone like general motors is backing andretti then there is for me there's at least a long-term project and i think that's the sort of thing that you can't ignore it's it's just too big of an opportunity f1's been prioritizing america why the hell would we turn this down yeah cadillac would bring so many people in it's one of the most successful brands in america andretti is one of the probably what top four most famous American F1 team, well, not F1 teams, American racing teams in um, any motorsport, well, I would say. Well, well so that's Penske. Penske, um, I don't know the NASCAR's, <laughs> but I was just being broad there. Yeah, it yeah, is yeah. definitely up there in terms of household names. It's, it, I just don't see how this gets rejected, especially after what President Ben Salim said earlier on in the week. This is the first major step we've had huge where i'm like yeah i just don't see how this doesn't happen now definitely at least a 26 at least and of course andre already have people tied up for uh, long-term contracts in indycar in the hopes that they would get into f1 before that times that contract ended right so obviously you were talking about Col- colton hersher who's signed to the end of 27 or so yes which would then bypass the new 2026 rex F1, which also loops in quite nicely. He's not tied down to um, Andretti just solely on IndyCar. He's tied down to Andretti as a global brand. Very much so. Very much so. Which is Andretti Global, I believe. Because mm. it's, it's weird how they've done it. There's Andretti Racing, but then there's Andretti Global, which is putting in the F1 bid. It, it's very weird. There's a there's a there's a roundtable piece on the race.com from the race staff and Mark I think Mark Hughes has uh, has nailed it essentially and he says all oh, like the his his thing is that like the Andretti doubts look answered and he says for every objection that's been thrown at the idea of Andretti becoming an additional F1 team it has seemed to come up with an answer finance without knowing the hard details of finances behind it it claims to have big money funding preliminary tick for funding now certainly with uh, with uh, GM. Automotive preference. With with F1 saying preference for any new team will be given to an automotive brand, it is now announced it's pursuing the project with associated with, with Cadillac. Tick. Fund dilution. 
Because sharing F1's income with 11 teams rather than 10 means a lower share for existing teams, any additional teams threaten to devalue existing franchises. You kind of touched on this earlier. Hence, existing teams insisting on any new entrant should create enough extra value to the championship that it more than overcomes the dilution of a smaller share if the cake by increasing the cake itself. This is where Cadillac, in a series chasing further inroads into the USA, surely comfortably meets that objective. Tick. On the surface, given that we pride... Given that we are not privy to financials, it then looks very hard to argue against. Yeah, it's li- literally, if anyone has any arguments now, then you're just being an arsehole pretty much. It, and you just don't want it because you're going to lose out and there's a new com- new competitor coming in. It's, it's just, for me, it's, it's just a no-brainer at this point. It opens up so much global opportunities for F1. We've got the three American racers next year. But this year, sorry, mm-hmm. not next year. I, I, know. I keep thinking I'm in 2022. I was saying it to my grandma earlier. <laughs> um, it, it just so many opportunities open up with this. You couldn't. Oh, the, it, I think 11 is the sweet spot. We've got the another huge manufacturer in Cadillac slash GM. That is the main thing that I think would solve. Uh, well will definitely solve a lot of the issues that we've been sort of talking about this even mm-hmm. just today. So we we talked about before about because obviously they're they're collaborating in Formula E together, but Andretti and Porsche, for yes. example, like that, and that would have made sense, and that would have been something F one I think could have targeted. I think this what they've done with it, this teaming up a Cadillac slash GM is probably arguably better than than a Porsche tie up. Yeah, yeah, because Porsche we already know the sort of views that Audi and Porsche's parent company has on the fact that they, they want to be two separate entities. The mm-hmm. fact that we've got another entire new company on its own with Andretti, it's, it's just a lot better. There's no possibility that, say, if Audi and Porsche both entered and Audi was with Alfa Romeo like it is and Porsche was with Andretti, there's never going to be the threat that they don't want two separate F1 projects and pull one of them out, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. There is always that security now that there is a huge backer of Andretti. Yeah. Huge. And could be swapped to a different brand at any point under the General Motors name. Sure, absolutely. Opel. <laughs> Opel Andretti. <laughs> now, if, if it was someone like Suzuki coming in, I would have been a bit could hesitant. You, yeah. But, yeah, but for the scene as they've just dropped out MotoGP, but the fact it's such a big parent company that they're sort of pushing... And Cadillac is a huge name in American racing anyway, in terms of NASCAR. And Endurance. Even in Indi- yeah. And, and even in an IndyCar, it's there. It's one of the engine suppliers, for God's sake. It's, uh, yeah, it's, just a, it's just a no-brainer for me at this point. Yeah. Like, everything we talked about, like, we went through to Michele's comments. Everything he said, I like, what what isn't Andretti and Cadillac fulfilling here? Yeah. It's literally, everything he's said has just, just been answered straight away. You know? It's... He really made himself look stupid by saying we don't need an eleventh team. Really yeah, hard. it's this and this kind of push and pull the FIA against F1 because after this, after this, FIA came out with their own. A spokesperson for the FIA said, or F1 said, there is great interest in the F1 project at this time, with a number of conversations continuing that are not visible as others. We want all to, we want, we all want to ensure the championship remains credible and stable, and any new entrant request will be assessed on criteria to meet those objectives by all relevant stakeholders. Any new entrant request requires the agreement of both F1 and the FIA. Okay. So it's both, but it's 
it's been it's, it's been pushed back. Uh, and Bill and Suleim actually came out after that announcement, the uh, the right. the Cadillac announcement, and said particularly pleasing to have the interest of two iconic brands such as General Motors, Cadillac, and Andretti Global. Any additional entries would build on the positive acceptance of the FIA's 2026 para unit regulations among OEMs. Uh, I don't know what the acronym is actually. That's um, that's manufacturers. Okay. Original original manufacturers it is very strange for OEM loss. Yeah. Uh, which has already attracted the ent- an entry from Audi. Any oh any expressions of interest process will strict will follow strict FAA protocol and will take several months. Yeah. This isn't going to be a quick thing. So if you think mm. it's going to be announced that Andretti's in F1 tomorrow, think again. It will not be. The, this this time next year it might not even be done. But I reckon we're on the right path now. Surely mm. have to be. If if we somehow don't have Andretti in for 2026, I'm going to be it's, gobsmacked. It's going to be a surprise because the Suleim is now surely like he's, he's hugely invested in this now. He, he clearly he wants this, he and yeah. he's he's obviously given some assurances to um, to Michael Andretti because uh, he, I, I'm reading from com and John's Noble asked by com if he was more optimistic about getting entry thanks to Suleim's attitude. Andretti said, yeah, we believe so. In the end, it's still an FIA series. The president has definitely showed that he really would like to have an 11 team, at least on the grid. He is a racer and understands the importance of that for the series as well. So yeah, we feel very confident that once the expression of interest goes out, especially having our great partnership with Cadillac, we have a very, very, very good shot at checking every box and being able to on the grid soon. He said, I 1,000% believe it. I believe we've checked every box that needs to be checked to enter F1. And I feel we're definitely ahead of our competition to get there. I feel very, very confident we'll be on the grid soon. Yes. And they were very much pushing the all-American aspect as well, which um, if you're Alexander Rossi right now, do yeah. you regret leaving Andretti? Well, they've, they've already <laughs> said that one of their drivers is going to be American. We know it's going to be Colton Hersha. Yeah, and the other one will be Logan Sargent. <laughs> no doubt. No you doubt. It'll, be, it'll either be someone else from IndyCar or Hunter Yaney. God. <laughs> oh no, Crawford actually. Crawford, Crawford actually. Yeah, makes sense. Some of the other details from uh, from this. I'm reading from the race again. Obviously, we they're obviously building a obviously their satellite European base as well, which obviously they said is going to be in the UK. Uh, the engine manufacturer now is going to be a little bit, looks like it might be a little bit different because uh, obviously originally Andretti had lined up Renault, but when it, when it was a standalone project. Uh, but this piece says, however, when asked specifically about whether Honda was an option, neither Michael Andretti nor GM president um, Marco Mark. Mike Russ, Royce. Marco Royce. Yeah. He's been called Marco Royce from now on. Ruled out the Japanese manufacturer out. Staff are already being recruited and tech director, technical director has already been appointed as well. The team intends to run to the American driver as soon as it as soon as it can, with Colton Harta being the leading candidate. Candidate? He is the lead. He's the <laughs> only candidate. What are you talking about? They literally said it in a statement. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't actually say well, it. They didn't say, say Colton Harta is the leading yeah, he's the, he's the only driver we are considering. Yeah. So, a lot. Yeah, there's a lot to pack there, but I think this is a slam dunk now. There's what what strings did Michael Andretti have to pull to get like what was his presentation like to General Motors to get this done? Because holy shit, what a it land, just, what a yeah, coup! He probably just stood outside the GM offices with an F1 sign every day for a year, just trying to get them to take him in. He's absolutely smashed it to get to get uh, General Motors on board. Just smashed yeah, it. Like, like I said, if it wasn't someone as big, I would be slightly less confident. But the fact that it is someone so big with such a presence in America, yeah, 
and the fact they've got Cadillac as the front name of it to start off with, that's yeesh. Mm-hmm. Big, big cojones right there. Uh, slammed it out of the park. Smashed it out of the park, not slammed it. <laughs> Home run on that one. Even on Sunday, uh, Suleyem said he was surprised by the adverse reaction to the F1, uh, F the, the bid for... Uh, yeah, I don't get it. Uh, he says it is surprising that there was some adverse reaction to the Cadillac and Andretti news. The FAA has accepted smaller, successful organizations in recent in recent years. We should be encouraging prospective F1 entries from global manufacturers like GM and thoroughbred races like Andretti and others. Interest from teams in growth uh, in growth markets adds uh, sorry interest from teams in growth markets adds diversity and broadens F1's appeal. This is the thing I was alluding to earlier. If if someone like that. Hong Kong businessman gets in and Andretti doesn't get in, then this is a complete farce. Mm-hmm. There, there is no stability behind Calvin Lim or whatever his name is. And then there's all this throwback and what have you about Andretti, who are proven, committed a race as a race team yeah, in other sectors. And you've got such a big backer anyway in General Motors. Just why is there so much... Kickback. Oh, it, oh, it's some fury. Uh, I love F one, but yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, it's I, I do too. But it's just, just Dominicali's stubbornness. Because would this, this wouldn't even be a conversation if Chase Carey was still F one CEO. Oh yeah, no, not even. It would have been done ages ago. You know? <laughs> it'd have been on the grid this year. Uh, Toto Wolf said in this article as well, like he his quote on this on this matter previously. Of course, he had a point. What a surprise. And 11 team means a 10% dilution for everybody, everybody else. If one is able to demonstrate that, then we should all be sitting at the table and, and cheer for such an entry. But that hasn't been demonstrated yet. Now, he said that last year. Yeah. But I again... That was without the general Motors kind yeah. of lack of influence. If you didn't now, believe in Andretti's appeal a bit beforehand, then there's 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 no excuse now. There's, there's none. Yeah. I am pretty confident there will be... What's the word here? Homologated into the... That is the like the leading candidate to come into the sport. There's obviously candidates we don't know about, as um, F1 and FIA, FIA have alluded to. But yeah. This is the most vocal one, and I'm sure now is the time to just say, right, lads, you're in. Basically, yeah. Just got to go through the process now. They've all their ducks in a row before the expressions of interest has even gone out. The only thing they need to finalise is engine. That's it. Yeah, which I'm probably sure they've basically got lined up anyway yeah so, so they'll probably take a, a, a honda badged red bull powertrains engine or something like that I, I still think it'll be alpine but you reckon renault yeah I, I don't see how renault wouldn't be pushing for that at least early years anyway maybe Just what as a brand team. as like an infinity yeah. or something or yeah it'll be something along them lines it won't be it won't be renault but yeah like you say it'll be something like um what kfc or <laughs> some some big American brand, KFC powered Andretti. Oh, you've seen a KFC livery liveried car in the past with a uh, Sean Galea on F two. I've 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 a uh, something to talk about Sean Galea later actually. Slipping in there, I think may as well. I was I was bored, very bored last night. Right, mm-hmm. I didn't I wasn't feeling too well, so I was scrolling through YouTube, and the World Endurance Racing uh, Championship season review popped up. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'll stick that on can't be asked to watch anything too long it's only about an hour um didn't realize sean glare was in uh lmp2 with um will the lad stevens as his teammate <laughs> mm. i think didn't pietro fish just get confirmed to an lmp2 
see yes, as well. Yes, he did. He did. Um, and speaking of which, new teams. There was so many new teams going into that next year. Uh, this year, sorry. Jesus Christ, Luke, stop. Uh, endurance. Yeah, into hypercars, into LMP1, because it was purely Toyota Alpine, which was surprising. They were winning the championship until the last race, where they cocked it all, <laughs> of course. And there was, who else was the? There was some other smaller American team that I can't remember the name of. But now you've got Porsche coming back, Peugeot, or Peugeot, <laughs> you Irish guys refer to it as, mm-hmm. Ferrari. Yeah. Uh, Another American team. It's going from like three teams to like eight. Isn't that, isn't that because of um, LMDH? Yes, I, I believe so. But yeah, just the the fact that they've allowed all these new teams to come in into such a championship that's dominated by one team, mm-hmm. i.e. Toyota. Um, why isn't F1 sort of in the same boat? But yeah, whatever. Also, did not realise that Eduardo Fritas was still the race director. Yeah, that was that was his job beforehand. <laughs> yeah, I saw him pop up and it was doing. It, I was like, "This is why you're not in F1. You're you're doing this still." Yeah, he, he the race direct. They were both there. They were both pulled from other championships. Uh, yeah, Vitek, uh, Vitek and Fritas. They they were not. They weren't just hired solely. Like they were existing already I, I in knew, there. I, I knew he was in it, but I thought he left his role. No. Yeah, I didn't realise he was doing both at the same time. That's why there was two of them, because, you know, obviously when commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. But, geez. Yeah. Some uh, interesting racing, to say the least, from what I saw in that. Some very debatable uh, driving from the. A lot of F1 drivers, hell of a lot. It's literally an entire grid of F1 drivers and guys that never quite made it to F1. Such as. Robin Frines, um, Felix da Costa, a lot of the a lot of Formula E drivers. I was going to say that sounds like a lot of Formula E drivers. Off the yeah, bat. there was a, a lot of Formula E drivers: Sean Galeo, Will Stevens, mm. um, Antonio Fuoco. Oh yeah, he's still involved with Ferrari, I believe. Yeah, um, he was Charlie Leclerc's teammate in 2017. Yeah, and that I, I believe it's GTE or GTM or whatever it is, which is like the third class down. That was the final year of it, so they're all. Mo- they're all going to like go into the new Ferrari type car in LMP1 or LMDH or whatever it is. Mm. So for Woco, Robert Schwarzman and Giovinazzi driving yeah. an LMP1 car. Lol. Um, who else was the? There were there were so many. Honestly, I, I can't remember. Felipe Nasser was there. Buemi, obviously. Kobayashi, famous name. Brendan Hartley was with Toyota. Oh yeah, still rocking away. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's some good, some really good drivers, actually. Mm. Uh, speaking of one of the newer teams, or newer entries, rather, uh, Audi are eager to sign an experienced development driver by the end of 2023. This is something they already have on their radar. Obviously, they're not becoming Audi, of course, until 2026. But, yeah. Uh, if you were to think of someone... Uh, so, sorry, Adam Baker, sorry, he's, he's the Audi Formula Racing CEO said, it may seem that our debut is far away, but we want to have a development driver by the end of 2023. It's very important to have someone who has experience to develop our new engine in the simulators we have in Newburgh. Yeah. Uh, we're looking for experts in the field with previous experience in Formula 1. It's the first time since 2009 that a Formula 1 engine has been developed in Germany. Therefore, we would have spe- uh, specialized personnel we must look in England, France, or Italy. And they want to sign an experienced driver. 
Hmm. Experience development driver of the end of 2023. One of, I can think of a name right now that's just retired and is German. And I have said would be involved in that project at some point anyway and possibly come back. Uh, I, I don't see it. I, I do. Uh, pe- people are forcing this Vettel Audi thing just because of the... <laughs> yeah, because of the, the Michael coming out of retirement yeah. type thing. Yes, I know, I know. In, in my head, it says Vettel, but... Uh, no, in my heart, it says Vettel, but in my head, if Hulkenberg hadn't been snapped up... I was thinking Hulkenberg. There's another driver uh, that might fit a bill that was actually the subject of a piece on the race... And he's currently he didn't he only had a couple of seasons in F one, current uh, reserve driver that just moved teams actually as a reserve driver, Stoffel van Dorn. Stoffel van Dorn. Uh, he's just moving from reserve driver to reserve driver to reserve driver, <laughs> whilst being in Formula E. I'd rather be a reserve driver for Audi than. Maybe Aston Martin, but yeah, you'll eat them words, Graham. You'll eat them words. Maybe, maybe. When he gets when he gets called up to replace Lawrence Lance Stoll after race one, and Mike Crap pulls out the whip and pulls his finger out his crack and cracks that whip, should I say? I saw this article it was interesting. It's from Matt Beer on the race. Uh, the, like the headlines, a driver F one gave up on is its biggest what if right now. Yes, I saw this. Uh, I mean, there's a great there's a great little line here that I, I think was really kind of telling. Uh, it's actually it's actually basically the start of it. Uh, it says next weekend Stoffel van Dorn will commence his Formula E World Championship defence in Mexico with his new employers DS Penske uh, his Formula E champion predecessor and former Mercedes Formula E teammate Nick De Vries won't be lining up on the grid with him he's got a full Formula 1 season to prepare with Alfa Tauri De Vries getting an F1 chance is no injustice given his record Van Dorn never getting one again actually would be he's right he really I, I think that's a great line yeah Van Dorn got the roughest end of the stick possible, I think. Now there was a there was a piece that Ed Straw we talked I talked about this piece last year. There's a piece that Ed Straw wrote that that his that Van Dorn's McLaren exit wasn't totally unjustified, but at the same time it was also it was also two years in McLaren where a they were last year oh, McLaren shit. Honda, and the first year out of McLaren Honda where they realised oh shit, yes the, yes Honda were an issue. We have a lot of issues on our own as well now. Um, Issues are still there today. So between that and obviously the fact that Fernando Alonso was his teammate is... And pummeled him into the ground. I mean pummeled him. Yeah, he was literally whitewashed 21-0 in qualifying. I don't know which of the years it was, but... I think it must have been 18, actually, now that I think about it, but... Yeah. yeah but like even still like Van Dorn like those like he had like his stint in F1 just went against him like he had such a uh, fantastic junior career and it was literally again I remember, I remember at the time it was when it came to Van Dorn because obviously he started off at McLaren uh, as reserve and it was like use him or lose him and Button called time in his career and Van Dorn finally got to step in like he's 20 like that's the thing like, he had to wait so long he was like 25 by the time he actually got started in F1 and had the two years and that was that was a long time ago now and he's what, 32 now as well yeah. oh yeah, sorry he's 30 he's 30 he's now on. bearing in mind he was one of the only drivers to dominate he dominated that F2 championship I want to say whatever it was at the time GP2 he, I think he was the last was he 20 if he was 2016 I, he was the last GP2 champion or is that Gasly 
No, Gasly was the last one. Van Dorn was the year before. So Van Dorn's 15 then. Yeah. Yeah. And he was very highly rated. Very highly Massively rated. high. Like, again, like you're talking about outing Jensen Button here as a, like again, you, it was use Van Dorn or lose him. Like if he, if he wasn't at McLaren, he would have been at somewhere else. Like he was very much hot property and McLaren's own. And it just didn't work out for the kind of reasons mentioned. And uh, it's surprising, especially given the lack of talent. Especially, no, sorry, not lack of talent. Especially, it's surprising given how I think how it suddenly exposed the actual F one driver market came out to be last year. Mm. It was surprising that he and obviously he just won the Formula E championship as well, and we're just giving another Formula E champion uh, a run in F one. And it's not like De Vries is a lot younger than than Van Dorn. Only two. Three, oh, he said he's third. De Vries is 27. Yeah. So it's three years and someone who's already got F1 experience mm-hmm. in a bad car. Yeah. yeah. And obviously affiliated with, probably has a Mercedes, uh, you know, uh, reference as well in terms of, you know, endorsement. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's a lot to tell. And surprised he wasn't really linked with the Williams seat, to be honest, mm. considering the links to Mercedes and. The fact that they were sort of looking for a driver that was sort of available for nothing. Yeah. Know. Well, the th- problem is he was beaten out by his team, his Mercedes teammate in that regard with De Vries. If, if there was any occupation to be had, it was De Vries yeah. that was talked about, not Van Dorn. Yeah, which is weird. Which was, yeah. But saying that De Vries had won the title of the year before, so probably was more favoured by Mercedes at that point. Yeah, yeah. but even, like, I don't know. Like his, and he was younger than not, the year. Not like, his, not like his title defence really went well. No, but we can sort of drudge title defences this year, can't we, with Formula E, seeing as uh, Van Dorn actually might be a competent driver. And if it's just how the championship is, then who knows. But saying that, Formula E actually might be interesting this year with the new cars. It actually starts next weekend. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. Assuming it's on Channel 4's YouTube, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, can't wait to watch dual qualifying. (laughs) Yeah. But at least the fan boost is gone, Graham. We're moving in the right direction. Yeah, right direction. Gen 3 cars should be in, like, you know, new rules. Whether, whether they'll last. Mm. <laughs> It'll be fun. But like Van Dorn, obviously, look, he's a reserve driver with Aston Martin. If something, you know, n- not good, or or Lance Stroll gets himself a bad oh, for no. whatever reason. Lance Stroll just got banned. Yeah, oh, oh dear. dear. Uh, if anything happens to Alonso or Stroll and they can't compete for a race, then I think we could get a good shot, like last year with good De Vries, choice. that... You know, he might get a run. Now, would you? There is a problem. Again, he's competing against another younger driver for that honor, which is uh, obviously Djokovic. Yeah. So it's. I, Van Dorn gets the nod for me. I hope. Yes, yeah, I'm torn because I, I really think Van Dorn deserves another chance. To, so do I. I really do. But I also want Djokovic to have his chance as well. Yeah. I, I, I think Djokovic doesn't get the chance at Aston Martin. He gets an FP1. But I don't think he gets the, the chance to drop in for the race. He's purely there as backup, backup. He was literally signed because, yeah, there, there was an opportunity there. And then if it went really well behind the scenes, then he could fill in someone as a long-term option. But as a short-term option, I think they immediately turned to Van Dorn. He's just, he's got experience in F1 cars. It, it, it would just be a no-brainer, I think. But saying that, yeah, he's, like you say... I'm also torn, yeah. You, you've put it in my head now. Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, this piece actually goes on to, uh, actually did, went to compare Van Dorn of Ries, C, their CVs. And it's, it's very similar, obviously. GP2 slash F2 title and the Formula E title. 
Van Dorn winning his GP2 championship in the second year uh, by a dominant 160-point margin. Yeah, we thought Djokovic's championship was dominant. That's, not yeah. like, that's taking the piss. Uh, De Vries needed three F2 seasons and it wasn't anywhere near as dominant. And, by, yeah, and yeah. who's the runner-up driver, by the way, in, the 20, in 2019? Uh, go to E3. Go to T. Sense of direction. Now let now just to preface that, let me quickly look at the uh, like who was second uh, for in GP two in twenty fifteen. Yeah, and turn and, and, and remember this: the Vries was with what all top teams in his Prima. Now the twenty nineteen Prima wasn't brilliant. It wasn't, but they were still a front runner. Oh, sorry, team. no, he sorry, he was eighteen Prima. I think he was the weird Burgundy ish Prima, mm. if I remember the correctly. Sean Galel, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yes, it was very grey, and uh, yes, but not very nice. So some people in this, uh, in the so obviously Van Doren's crushed. Obviously, Alexander Rossi finished second. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he got a death one drive for fuck's sake. Oh, yeah, God, same that year, I believe. Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, twenty fifteen. So Rock in third, Harry Anto fourth. There's some other ones you might recognise, like Mitch Evans from Formula E, Alex Lynn, uh, Gasly down here in eighth. For reference, Markalov down here, Kalamasas. God, there's so many throwback names there. Jesus Christ. And this was only what? Galeo is down here as well. Latifi. Eight uh, years ago. Yeah. Norman Natto. Some some other names. Um, Galeo was around. Arthur Peake was around. Matsushita. So, not the the most stellar grid in the world. But anyways, he dominated then. If it's not the stellar grid, then dominated. And that's what Van Dorn did. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this piece obviously talks about the obviously the Alonso, uh, the Alonso comparison as well, and Van Dorn obviously like Van Dorn himself has said about it. Uh, when asked about uh, if I had prize giving last month about the F one prospect, uh, it says Van Dorn didn't exactly launch into rampant self promotion. He said it's hard to judge. Obviously, you've had a good season, and then suddenly people start to talk about you again. I've had I've had my opportunity in Formula One. And not only myself, but I think a lot of people in the former E paddock and some other championships deserve to have a chance in F one. Yeah, interesting that he, he feels that he's way. He's right. He, he is right because yeah, he's he he it was hard done by I think. But he's, and I also think he felt hard done by the fact that Russell got caught up insecure. That in yes, this piece also got talked about that as well. Yes, because he was Mercedes reserve that weekend, and uh, Russell got bumped off. <laughs> Yeah, I understand so why they did because they were because yeah. they were, it was a genuine. I think they genuinely wanted to gauge that yeah, how Russell yeah, would be against Bottas. Yeah, and they they saw what they needed and to see. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much, exactly. That's exactly it. That, that was the race that made Russell's Mercedes career. I think. Yeah. Yeah, probably that. Yeah, probably would have, was that one. But I'd like yeah, again. I'd love to see Van Dorn get another chance. I really would. I hope he does. Uh, this piece ends by saying, but every time De Vries scores a point for Avatari this year, there'll be a few people wondering what Van Dorn might still do in the F1 car, and rightly so. And uh, Van Dorn said, it's not always up to us, he, uh, Van Dorn mused on whether he'll get back into F1. A lot, a, lot, a lot of it comes down to teams, what they're looking for. From my side, the only thing I could do is keep performing. That's the best tool. Now, if he wins the next form, this, this season's Formula E Championship, then, then what, what are we saying? Because... Has there been a double F E Formula E champion? I want to say the has in John Eric Verne. Or... Has it been a what? Has there been a double Formula E champion? 
it's, I want to say John Eric Vern or someone along them lines has won it multiple times. Uh, One of the ex Red Bull juniors. Because like, if he wins it, then surely his stock, in terms of a formula, he can't get any higher. He's a double world champion, back-to-back -back world champion. Which I don't see happening, to be honest, with the fact he's in a new team and it's a complete new gen of cars. Could be anyone. Blooming Dan Tickton could win it, for God's sake. Um, but surely there isn't much at the moment in terms of F1 driver market, but saying that F2 is full of lots of very talented rookies for next year. In fact, I'm, oh dear. Yeah. If he, In fact, if he was going to come in, last year was the year to do it when there was literally nothing yeah. in terms of young drivers, really. There was a couple that you could really pick from. And then, in fact, the next two, three years are really stacked. I mean, <laughs> stacked to high ever. There's going to be like six Red Bull drivers just fighting for one seat, for fuck's sake. Oh, God. Uh, for some reason, I can't find the champion. For some reason, Wikipedia has at least like the wins and such, but it's. It doesn't say championships for whatever reason. It's very strange. I forgot Jacques Villeneuve entered the Formula E back in 2015. Oh, God. So, I'm really not sure, because I think I think Degrassi and probably Verne have... Well, I think I think Degrassi certainly has won multiple ones. Uh, but when yeah, he's won the most races with Degrassi, 13. Verne, 10. Looking at Verne now, he's won twice. Won it twice. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. He's 32, is that it? Sam Bird? Or, no, sorry, Fern. sorry, I'm trying to think Fern. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. an interesting introspective. I get it, but I'd like to see him Fandor back in. Yeah, this is what we've alluded to with IndyCar, isn't it? Certain people deserve the chance to prove what they can do. Yeah. But I, I, think, I think more IndyCar drivers will get the opportunities than Formula E drivers. Definitely. Yeah. Again, I don't think, like... De Vries doesn't get into Formula 1 without the Mercedes angle of it. It's going to be anyone who makes it from Formula E to F1 now without some sort of link like McLaren or whatever. It's yeah. It's going to be very impressive. Yeah, they, they, it's either going to be very paid, and I mean paid when I'm saying that with the fact that Brewer will have, what, seven manufacturers basically, or big teams that basically finance themselves and could quite easily sustain themselves that don't need money on the grid. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. It's, yeah. The, the the next driver for me coming in is uh, Alex Pelot, but that's another story. Yeah, it feels... Uh, yeah, it's Pelot slash Herter. Pelot hurt or, or it's a Porsche Pato, but I don't see Pato coming as much as I want him to. Mm -hmm. I think so. Uh, hmm, just a little top of that. Yeah, a couple of other little bits here and there. Uh, this is from motorsport.com from Hayden Cobb. Uh, it's like the Chinese Grand Prix and they're targeting the 2023 F1 calendar for a return as some of their COVID restrictions have been eased. It's been eased so there. You're saying that that will be moved to later in the season? Well, I'm not sure. Because it was already slated in. Uh, I'll... I'll say I'll read this because maybe this might affect things. If anything's going to happen, this is going to have to be quick because uh, at the end of the last year, Chinese authorities announced it would end quarantine for travellers coming into the country from January 8th as part of the country's shift from its zero COVID policy. 
Allsports.motorsport.com's Chinese sister site has learned that Chinese Grand Prix organizers have held, already held internal discussions and have and made initial contact with F1, which will pick up after the New Year's Day holidays. On the provisional F1 calendar for 2023, the Chinese Grand Prix was set to take place from the 14th to 16th of April, with a two-week gap between Australia, 31st of March to April 2nd, and Azerbaijan, the 28th to the 30th of April. With no new event named in the updated F1 calendar, that slot remains open. Now, this is the important part that needs to be figured out pretty quickly here. F1's logistics and transport for work for flyaway races begins at the end of January, when team equipment is shipped by sea freight, meaning there is sufficient time to restore the race in its original slot if an agreement can be reached. Mm. So, Which I think is the no-brainer here. Yeah. TikTok, yeah. You're looking for a solution. Oh, we can go back to China? Happy Might day. Might look a little embarrassing in terms of admitting that you're... you're cancelled it and now it's uncancelled yeah sure. just and the simple workaround is that you just immediately cite due to uh, a shift in chinese COVID, policy. COVID policies yeah. there you go yeah. that that previously meant that we couldn't have this event with the with the lifting of these f1 is excited but the possibility of racing in china again yeah something I, like that i'm not a pr officer but very easy to do because it's a chinese country very simple reason to do it uh uh, and it's, do you know what? It's, be- it's better than any other alternative option that could come into no, place here. No, I disagree. No, I disagree. You want to go back to Portimao? No, there's two options that I would quite have. We're not for. going to Magello. It's not happening. Why not? It's not happening. If we can have three races in America, why can't we have three races in Italy? <laughs> and we could have a second British Grand Prix at Donington, then it would be on my doorstep. <laughs> yeah, the ex- Please. The <laughs> I wouldn't even have to get a hotel or anything. I could literally drive there and then come home. <laughs> uh, it would take me 20 minutes. <laughs> I, brilliant. This is, yeah, if they, can, if they can sort out deals here, I'd just get done. Just get done by the end of January, sort. Yeah, that also, for anyone listening, that doesn't mean go on Google Maps and type in a 20-minute radius from Donington to try and find where I live, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, so, I thought that was interesting. I hope, again, yeah, we'll see what they do with, yeah. the, uh, with the calendar it's stuff. The, it's the easiest solution, isn't it? Yeah. it I hope it happens, because, yeah, we don't, I don't want to go to Portimao. Boring. Yeah, and look, everyone hasn't been to China for maybe four years this year. Yeah, and the Chinese market with a Chinese driver on the grid. Absolutely. Which could be the last time we have that, depending on how the season goes for Quentin Joe. Possibly. Although I do with wonder, their, like, I do wonder what their, what it means for their driver stuff. I really do. Yeah. Without even with the such, fact, and for yeah. sure is gone now. And... Yeah, that's what I mean. It's uh, it's very interesting how that's all going to play out now, isn't it? Now he's not got that mm. shield there. But you never know. They might keep him on stability and he becomes the long-term sort of number two whilst they get themselves prepared for 2026. Joe is, like, Joe's already auditioning for an F1 future somewhere else. It's, with, that, with this Audi stuff, it's, you know, it's, they're going to bring in their own people. Bottas's contract will be up by then. They could begin, obviously, with uh, Seidel and such coming on board now with an Audi getting, you know, bigger in influence at the end of each year. Uh, you know, it's, it's go, they're both Bottas. Maybe Bottas might actually earn a reprieve, to be fair. Yeah, I think Bottas gets the first year. He gets at least one, I think. Because, I, well, I mean, it depends. Like, his contract, this is year two of year three for Bottas Ash, uh, Alpha on that, on his, uh, his believed Bottas. contract. He is, what, 32? Which takes him to the end of 30, uh, or end of 24. Uh, Bottas, what is Bottas? Let me have a quick gander. 
Maybe Bottas just because I, I think they'll value. Bottas is 34 in August. Okay. I think they'll value that experience in building that project up. So Experience and continuity, I think, certainly will help. Yeah. Whether they get a young driver in in the short term. Because the thing is, with all these teams like coming in, you're going to see new young driver programs start up. I, I'm pretty positive. Audi will be on the lookout. You're going to have Andretti on the lookout for their number two. There is so many opportunities here. This is obviously hindsight. Uh, this is potential with Andretti, of course. We're talking in uh, quotations, mm -hmm. whether they get accepted or not, which, yeah, which we've spoke about four million times already. But it's, oh, I love this kind of thing. I, love I know it's as well. Do you think that Porsche has been retrospectively been screwed? Because yes, 100%. Uh, obviously he could have been called up for, for last year. Uh, but Joe was taken up. A, because he's decent, but B, obviously, he brings a lot of backing and funding. Funding that's now no longer required. Yes. Uh, really, as the, well. The the thing is, now, this is going to be very telling for Vassour. If you see Porsche switch to the Ferrari Driver Academy. Yeah, very much so. If he wins that title, or is anywhere in the midsummer, if he's not already moved to Ferrari Driver Academy, he will switch. 100%. There is no way Fred loses that kind of talent and that he's nurtured pretty much into someone else. But the, 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 we've said it countless times, Porsche was shit last year. He's finished second, but he was shit. Some of it was bad luck, but yeah. he was not good in certain races. There was a couple of races where he was very good, but he wasn't as good as Djokovic or Dewan. So he wasn't as impressive as Dewan or in some Which cases Sargent as well. Yeah, which this is the year we was like, right, this grid isn't great. Let's. This is the year where he needs to smash. Oh yeah, it. we said at the start, like if if this was any years for the taking, it was like it was F two last year. Like anyone could have won that. Yeah, and Djokovic did. Yeah, and he dominated like Van Dorn did basically. So not as much, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, as as much as he could, pretty much. Um, if year three doesn't go very well, then. Uh, Oh dear. Year three? What's year four? For Porcher? Mm. Three in F2. Yeah. It's three with ART, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it came up with Piastri. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's always so, so, it's going to be so good. So, so good. Mm. Lot, so they expect a lot of Fred Vasura content possibly on Monday, with obviously that's his official start date with Ferrari. So. Yeah, immediately promotes Porsche. It will be interesting to see what Ferrari. he does with the Junior Academy, because either. Everyone's either been let go or reassigned because, like, Schwartzman's basically assigned to LMDH right now. Giovinazzi will be the end of his rope soon with F1 or I, with uh, Ferrari. I, I yeah, feel confident I, in saying. Saying this, he was with Alfred. <laughs> yeah, he was with Alfred Romeo with Fred. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, to be honest, I think he gets chucked in the LMDH with Schwartzman, to be fair. Yeah. Because I don't think there's much options there with Froyoko or Rob, Rob Collado or James Collado, whatever his name is. Like, um, the only other ones knocking around are Behrman and Beknovich. And that's... Incorrect. Uh, You're forgetting about a very famous brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. which, yeah, obviously, the, 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 the police Charles, but... Yeah. Well, I'd say saying that, saying that, if he solves his qualifying now, he'd actually be decent. If, but, if he could, if Arthur Leclerc sort out his qualifying, he'd, he'd likely he already best. be F3 champion already. Yeah. He was he, would have been. he was close enough, despite not doing a ton last year. Yeah, starting sixteenth every fucking race. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and doing fifteen overtakes every race. 
and some fantastic trials. Great to do it, well. but like the part, the point is you don't have to yeah, not do it. Yeah, but yeah, that would make four Ferrari Driver Academy drivers in F two next year if Porsche switched. Yeah, if he doesn't switch to Ferrari, then. Where does that leave him? Because it really depends what kind of F two season he has. Because if he does perform, like he's st- stupid young still for having three years experience in F two, and he's what is he twenty? Yeah, twenty one. Uh... I want to say he's twenty because he's still very. He still looks like a child. <laughs> you know what I mean? He still has that like baby face. Saying that, oh, I, I still have the baby face, but uh, it's he's uh, Porcher's nineteen. Oh god! He doesn't turn twenty until yeah. August, and I and I was going to say he's washed at the end of last year. <laughs> and the man's at nineteen, and I'm saying washed. Get out! <laughs> so if he performs, oh. it's there for him. It's just now it will be. Yeah, where will it be? Yeah, well, he's with ART again. Unless Mercedes uh, snap him up. I don't because they because they missed out on Maloney. Yeah, I don't think Mercedes will. I think they're fully. Fully focused on Paul Aaron and uh, Kimi Antonelli. Antonelli, sure. Paul Aaron is fine. It's just so far away still. You got someone. I don't know. Yeah, they, they, they're saying that there is the opportunity that if they put if Vesti gets into Formula One, I'm going to be fuming. I'm legit going to be fuming. Yeah. As much as he improved and proved me wrong last year, he was. It's not very sexy. Oh, big. sorry. What are we saying? There's, if Porche is not in F2 next year, I think. Is he not? Um, I, I, he he did the postseason testing with ART. Supposedly, I'm reading a, a quote from a publication somewhere that says that this is his last. Is this is his last season in FIAF two for sure? I won't do another season. Yeah, I, I remember seeing now that Lawson's gone to Super Formula, I saw that Paul Chair's name was being linked with Super Formula as well. So who knows? So that I don't. Would be I don't know. That would oh, that would open the ART. Has ART confirmed the lineup? What's what? Would, what have they got? We assume well, Martans is going to be one of them. Yeah, Martans, and then you would sort of Porcher. no one really, because like I say, they ran Porcher and Martans postseason. So unless Porcher's doing both, now he said that back in August, apparently. So I don't know yeah, what I think, I if think he was changed there and then. If he was in the conversation for the title at that point, but. yeah. I don't know. Keep an eye on, sure. I just saw that. I was like, huh. That would make Maybe the last VAR, five yeah. minutes uh, redundant, but. Doesn't matter, does it? It's content. Anyway, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like, regardless of whether he's racing F2 or not, it'll be interesting if Vassour takes him over. Because I assume now that Audi's involved, they don't really. You know, it, it matters very little now, I guess, in some ways. They like, want to get their own guys in. Do they? How much do they value Porcher, if at all? I, I, I want to hear. I want to hear Seidel's. Uh, I want Seidel to be asked about Porcher. Yeah, the, the the thing they said German, time and time again already. So yeah, I I, I assume that the, well, there isn't any German drivers in the junior categories really, apart from David Schumacher. Oh dear. <laughs> well, uh, that's what I can think of. Yeah, I think I don't think Beckman's knocking around still, is he? There's Beckman, and oh, what's the other one? He was in F2. Oh, go- oh, yeah. F- there's one in F3 as well. Actually, uh, Guth. He's, he'll be good. Yeah. He, he was decent yeah, at the is. end of... Uh, he was came hungry, in... Uh, hungry or Spa? He one was, of the two. He was hungry and then he came in at the end of the season as well for someone that was injured. Yeah. I thought he was decent. I think he might be good next year, this year. Yeah, we'll see. 
We'll see. Mm. A lot of, lot of potential. Mm. Uh, lastly, that I wanted to bring up here, I thought this was interesting. There's a piece here, uh, there's a roundup, a news roundup from racefans.net and Will Wood. It's talking about Gunter Steiner and how Covent that, that has to be better in 20, than 2022. And I'm going to read this because I, I find this bizarre. Maybe you'll have pieced together better than I will. It says, Has team principal Gunter Steiner says their 2023 car will, or sorry, 2023 car, quote, will be better, end quote, than last year's car. As a technical team, that has a season's worth of experience working together. And Steiner said, our technical team, which is designed the car, uh, when they started to design a 22 car in 21, it was a lot of good people, but it didn't work as a team together before. Now they have done one car. It wasn't a bad car, I must say, but now they've worked a, a year together. They work as a team now. So I think the next car will be better. I don't, I don't get that. Right, so he was fully on board with the fact that the 2022 car was going to be better, which it was in some manner. They didn't finish last, but uh, I don't understand. I don't, like, they weren't working together before? Isn't that your job, to get them to work together? Or are we talking, like, how much, like, are we, are, are we just talking about the allu- illusion that they got all these extra reassigned people from Ferrari, essentially? Uh, yeah. And include like, people like Simone Resta, etc. And is it does it mean from that point of view? Because I guess it's not maybe it's maybe when you look at it through that lens, not something maybe you could elaborate a ton on. No, because I haven't heard of a big Haas recruitment drive that would have people you know learning to work together. Yeah, and they've, they've existed for a while, so I have to imagine it's the amalgamation of some of the Ferrari technical personnel that the overflow, so to speak, of the yeah. Ferrari. Uh, Ferrari people, but yeah. You're not good enough for us to go to house. <laughs> yeah. Well, more so, oh, we've employed 500 people too many now, all of a sudden. Yeah, cost cap. Sorry, guys. Yeah, out, out we go. Yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought that was interesting. But... Yeah, that's, that's, that's a little bizarre. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's all the news I had anyways. Yes, that, the, I've already done my WEC piece. The fact that I sat there and watched WEC for an hour really pissed me off. Well, you could be pissed off this time next week if you decide to watch some Formula E. I'm going to watch it because there's nothing on and I need to exactly. see, feed my racing addiction. Yeah. And we can talk about it, I guess. Oh, probably. We, 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 we will go. We are going to. We, if if I don't watch it live, I will watch it, rewatch it back anyway. Yeah. I do assume. Postcode, anyway. I am assuming that this will be a busier week in F1 because I am assuming that the factories really kind of open up again. Yeah. This, this is the week for it to kick back in. There's a lot of stuff just in my world where it was just us getting back on our feet and things just sort of like slowly building back up again people coming off christmas break and new year break and what have you so i assume f1 gave the gave the teams a bit more of a, a break before they come back and start on a monday rather than some guys start some of my the guys i work with start back on friday yeah some people i know some people start on thursday why why friday what's the point i would have not come in for that stuff that uh, we did get a few car uh, launch dates, though, to be fair, during the we week. Did. Uh, just we to did, finish yes. off. Um, Avatari now are going first, apparently, for now, the 11th of February. Yeah. Uh, McLaren have announced that they're doing theirs the same day as Aston Martin, for some strange reason. Mm. 13th. So Yeah, there's normally a couple on the same day. Yeah, I, it's surprising just that I don't know, Aston, Martin had, Aston Martin were the first one to announce theirs. Yeah. Uh, Ferrari, 14th, obviously, and Alpine here are the 16th. Williams will be the 29th. They'll Who, always last. Red Bull usually go quite late as well. So do Mercedes. 
Alfa Romeo will slot on between Alpine and Ferrari, I think. They'll go 14th or 15th. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, we might look at lucky if Haas or Williams do theirs before testing. <laughs> yeah. Did, wasn't it last year that one of them just showed us a picture and it wasn't even a representative car, like the day before? Uh, the one say it was Haas. No, Haas did theirs first and it was bizarre because it dropped out of the blue. It was completely random. They were renders. The yeah, they, they, yeah, they were they, they were renders to drop first. They yeah, didn't do the in-car, the in-person thing because there wasn't really any technical analysis to be had. Yeah, because they were still building the fucking car. I know Alfa Romeo have done some testing launches. The, the thing is, you normally with Alfa Romeo, you see the car in its... Um, what's what's the one? What's the word? Um, testing livery. Going around Foriano or whatever it is. Fiorano, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, they had the Valentine's Day livery when it got launched in 2019 or 18 or 2020. One of the two. It was a very nice livery. Very, very nice. So... Mm. Yes. I expect kind of Red Bull, or Red Bull and Mercedes kind of like the 18th, 19th, 20th kind of range. Yeah, they're, they're normally yeah, very late. And normally there's a lot of analysis from them. Big events. Big, big events. Obviously, Aston Well, these will all be big events. McLaren, it. Aston Martin, Ferrari. <laughs> I don't know about Alfa Terry. Alfa Terry does some sort of fashion show, I'm sure, with Red Bull. Yeah, yeah, they always do. Yeah. Um, That's their time to promote their new fashion. The ones who don't do anything, I feel like, are probably like, what, Williams, Alfa Romeo... Yeah, because Ferrari did theirs and in then Haas. <laughs> yeah, in their in their suits. Uh, Red Bull. Do Red Bull do? Red Bull did a video last year, didn't they? Yeah, it was like a proper like launch type of thing. It was actually pretty decent. But, but they didn't. They, but did they? Did they have the live show like the others? It wasn't a live show. It it was a show, but it wasn't live. It was like already filmed. If you know. What I mean. Yeah, it was just like okay, a video it's a video. Yeah, yeah, it was done so you thought it was live but it wasn't yeah <laughs> it's weird yeah Alpine have a little do yeah so the thing is all this is going to be pointless all they're doing is showing the livery it's going to I be don't know so I mean last year they were, that Ferrari did Ferrari revealed their side Aston Martin uh, like they Red had Bull theirs didn't. Mercedes didn't they, well to be Mercedes. fair Mercedes ended up changing where it didn't really matter yeah, the ones who actually team. revealed theirs were McLaren, Aston Martin, I think Alpha Tauri. Yeah, uh, Aston Martin did the shakedown at Silverstone a couple of days later. Alpine, again Ferrari, as you mentioned. I don't even remember anything about Williams last year. I do because it was Silverstone and it was pissing it now. But that's about it. I think they just did the show. They just did the shakedown and sort of did it there and then. Yeah, it wasn't really an event type thing. Was, yeah, here's here's the car. <laughs> get on with it some teams will definitely bring a version of their car there, yeah, there, are, ded- there are dedicated show show cars yeah and which is a lot easier now that we've done a season in in these new regs mm. yes uh so like what the only what the only major bit of development like is it's what it's just the floors really the floor stay and the main pirelli bought major development of <laughs> Sorry, we haven't mentioned Pirelli. Had to get it. We in, went but... so we were doing so well, and oh, just over an hour. You blew, yeah. you blew it. Well, just 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 like a, yeah, just like a tire would uh... <laughs> at Silverstone. Mm. Oh. I was just thinking Silverstone actually. Rich yeah. history of that. Very yes. rich history on more than three occasions. I want to say. Well, I think in yeah. what thirteen, thirteen uh, twenty, when Vettel was. Going round off the hangar straight, 
well, well, yeah, both Ferraris, obviously, in 17. Yeah, yeah. both Ferraris, yeah. So, yeah, three event, three occasions, because you had Science, Science and, and Hamilton and in 2020. Hamilton. Yeah, oh, you can't forget Bottas. He got shafted as well. Absolutely <laughs> shafted. Had to do the entire lap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it has been in history. 2013 was a weird... I think Hamilton actually had to retire in the end from it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Good old Rosberg won that race. Apparently, Lewis has got a girlfriend now, Graham. So, wow. Distracted. Wow. There's a picture. You know who Sean White is? No, I have no clue. He's a, an Olympic snowboarder, I want to say. Oh, he was... sorry. Yes, I've I've only heard, I only know him because I've yeah, I think right. there was a game. Yeah, yeah, he, he had a game. Was uh, they were in Lewis in Antarctica at the minute, surprisingly, and they were in a hot tub, and Lewis has got a girl sat on his lap. So I... you couldn't see you couldn't see them. You could just see like the shoulder, and it immediately got deleted. <laughs> so, wow, he's gonna be always distracted this year. Yeah, you know how it was with Nicole. As soon yeah. as he got with Nicole, it all went downhill, <laughs> including his airline. Uh, oh, his hair, his hair's made a good recovery since then. Yeah, I wonder why that is. I wonder why he wore all them hats for like 2014. <laughs> strange, that. It's very strange. It's like he had a hair transplant or something. Well, it was better than Vettel's anyway. Yeah. Some, Definitely had a hair transplant. Some, There's no two ways about it. Some things money can't buy, huh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I think that's fair. I think that'll about just about do it. Uh, we should, I guess we should mention very quickly uh, this affects you more than it does me. But obviously, Ken Block passed away during the last week. Yes. Uh, very sad. Yeah, very, very sad news. I. Rallying is not my thing. I know he's more of what. What category would he fall into? Would he like stunt driving or? Well, he was an actual rally driver for a certain period of time, and then sort of phased into YouTube and promotional things. And then, yeah, if you've ever watched any Jim Connor videos, they are amazing stunt videos with mm -hmm. regards to drifting and rallying and stuff. Crazy, crazy good. So if you if you've got like five minutes and you just want to be blown away by the skill of a driver oh it is fantastic to watch and there is some insane stuff in there and he's a legend in that in that category so very very sad to see him pass away mm. yeah very much so i think i think i can't remember if it was carlos Sainz saying that uh that like, people like him should be recognized more in, more in the world motorsport yeah he did a lot for motorsport i think it was Sainz that said that Yes, see, I, I believe you're right. Car Science, who's he, currently chilling for Dakar at the moment. Yeah, and is yeah, it was something bizarre happened with Dakar, but yeah, he's yeah. under investigation for, for touching a door. Is it for touching uh, Car Science Senior's door? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah, very interesting one. But I think that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. I've been Graham. I have been. I don't fucking know anymore. <laughs> we we drop enough names during every podcast, man. I feel like ah ah. I've been I've been ah oh, no, it's gone. It's gone. I had it. I think yeah. Oh. I think I think I know who you were going to do. Who was a random F three driver you mentioned? Nazim Asman. Yeah. I was going to do a name that I saw in uh, WEC, but I forgot. God damn it. Oh, it's poor. God damn it. Very poor from you. I expect, it is. I expect better next week. Next um, week, lol. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we'll see. We'll be too much content for us to talk about. 
Oh, fingers crossed, everything crossed content, please, because otherwise we'd be on our ass. Otherwise you're getting a 50 minute Formula E E pre-review. <laughs> Yay. And uh, we, can, we could spend 20 minutes talking about the rebrand. Great. Uh, yep. Strap yourselves in for an electrifying episode of the Switchback Formula One podcast. Yes. Uh we'll see you next time. Goodbye.